Fellowship of Champions e-service. We're excited to have you. Going to give you an opportunity to come on in. You know what I want you to do? I want you to come in with some praise. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. And I want you to tell us where you're watching from. And our FOC partners, I want you to find your partners and tag them in and tell them it's time to go to church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're really excited this morning. Come on and just come in. Give the Lord some praise. He's worthy to be praised. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. Good morning. We see we have um, Instagram Live. Good morning, Santresa. Good morning, Charisma. We're super excited to have everybody here this morning. How many of you know that God is a good God? Good morning, Jamie. Good morning, Kim. We see all of you. Tell us where you're watching from. And I'm just going to get us ready and do some announcements. Um, I'm going to do some announcements this morning before, um, and then I'm going to just prepare our hearts to receive what Pastor Ellen has to teach today. I want to encourage you, man, listen, how many of you were on worship with Kristen this morning? Pastor Kristen, man, she just does such a good job. This morning, I really felt like she was really trying to make our hearts tender toward the Lord. Tell your neighbor, your heart needs to be tender toward the Lord. Your heart needs to be tender toward the Lord. And so if you're not joining her on Sunday mornings at 930 at Kristen Valley Worships, I encourage you to make that a part of your day. Worship should be a lifestyle. So we shouldn't be waiting to worship on Sunday morning. Amen. We should worship as a way of life. And I want to tell you, though, that worship is more than just singing songs. Worship is about bringing your life into agreement with God. Tell your neighbor, bring your life in agreement with God. Bring your life in agreement with God. And so I'm just super excited to have all of you here watching from every place that you're watching. You know, over the past, what, 15 weeks? Is this 15 weeks? The past 15 weeks that we've been doing virtual service, man, we're excited. We've we've gotten to impact people from the UK and Canada and United States and different Caribbean islands and stuff. And so we are so um, thankful for this technology that allows us to be able to impact people. And, you know, we just want to encourage you, Pastor Edwin and I, to stay safe. I know it's summertime. I know that many of you are tired of being quarantined. I know that you see other people out having a good time and stuff, but I want to encourage you to wear your mask. I want to encourage you to wash your mask. I want to encourage you to maintain um, six feet um, of social distancing. I want to encourage you not to go places that you don't have to go. And I want you to just pray for those who are making the choice to be out here doing um, those things in spite of the danger. You know, it's just really important for us to understand that this is a different season, but it doesn't mean that God isn't moving in this season. Turn and tell your neighbor, God is still moving in this season. So I want to encourage you to watch worship on Sunday mornings and to be a worshiper, not just in singing, but in lifestyle. And then on Tuesdays, we have corporate prayer right here on the Fellowship of Champions channel. We have corporate prayer because we know for a fact that something supernatural happens when we pray. Can you tell your neighbor that for me? Something supernatural happens when we pray. Come on and jump in. I see you guys coming in. Go ahead and share this video. You can share it in your story. You can also share it on your timeline. You can share it in any groups where it would be acceptable to share. Don't put it places that people would not want um, 
that that group is not designed for sharing like that. You don't want to get kicked out of a group. You don't want to offend anybody and keep them from being open to the gospel. So, and then on Tuesday night, we have prayer. Say prayer because something supernatural happens when we pray. Not just when we pray anything, but when we pray the word of God in faith and when we pray in the spirit. So we come together on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Central and we pray and we pray for the will of God to be done. We pray for health, for um, divine protection over the people of God. We pray for wisdom, protection, provision. We pray that we would have obedient hearts, that we would align to him. And then on Wednesday night, we have a fresh Bible study. And guys, have you been watching Pastor Ralph Marlowe teach on prayer. I mean, teach on Wednesday nights, teaching refresh, man, it really will refresh you. I feel like he has been doing such a tremendous job of really challenging us not to walk in pride, but to walk in humility, not to walk in dishonor, but be honorable, not to walk in disobedience, but to be obedient. Hey, can y'all do me a favor this morning? I, I need your help this morning. I want you to turn and tell your Facebook neighbor, God does care how you live. God does care how you live. And I know that we live in a society where people don't always think that God cares how you live, but God does care how you live. God absolutely cares how you live. Why? Because God is not interested in just making you a better you. He's not interested in you just being like, oh, I used to cuss people out and now I don't cuss people out anymore. What is God looking to do? He is looking to restore you to your right identity, which is the image of him, the image that he desired from the foundation. So God does care how you live. And I really love that this teaching that Pastor Edwin is coming to do today about being led by God, because the truth of it is, is that you cannot be led by God if you don't believe believe God cares how you live. You cannot be led by God if you don't believe that God cares about how you live. If you don't believe that obedience is important. If you don't believe, Pastor Edwin did a great job over the last couple of weeks talking to us about how humility is the load-bearing wall, meaning we submit ourselves. We, we humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. We acknowledge that we didn't save ourselves. We acknowledge that we needed a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus, and that our lives are not our own. And so as we're getting ready to come in this morning, I want you to just begin to give God some praise right where you are. Begin to make yourself open to what God desires to do in your life. Begin to just, one of the things that God has really been dealing with me about is about not being an idolatrous people, not being an idolatrous people. Well, what does that mean? If you read the history, if you read the Bible and you look at the children of Israel, one of the things that you will find is that their, God's issue with them was not that they just threw God away altogether. God's issue with them is that they always wanted other gods in the mix. Now, in modern day where we live right now, most of us would be, um, we would be incensed at the idea that we are idolaters, right? Because you're like, I don't have some golden calf that I bow down to. I would never knowingly, if the devil came in and said, bow down and worship me, I would never come in and bow down and worship him. But one place of idolatry we really need to be aware of is when we exalt ourselves as God in our own lives. Well, Pastor Sean, what do you mean? I mean, when you decide that it's okay for 
you to disobey God because you feel like doing something or you don't feel like doing something or you feel like saying something or you don't feel like saying something. And we want to be really, really careful. So I love this teaching that Pastor Ralph and Pastor Edwin are doing because I believe that they are teaching us and they are pulling into this place of being tender and being committed to being obey, obeying God. This morning before I knew the title of what Pastor Edwin was teaching, I was standing in the mirror putting on my makeup and I heard the Holy Spirit say, he said, many believers care more about offending their friends than they care about offending God. Think about that. We care more about being palatable. We care more about not saying something that offends you than we do about whether our actions, our thoughts, and our behaviors, and um, our words offend God. But I wanted to give you this scripture as you prepare your heart. Good morning. I see you guys still coming in. I see you still coming in. Good morning. We bless you. We're so excited to have you here. We're excited to hear to have you here, and we're excited to grow in the word. Say, I'm going to grow in the word today. And so I think that it's an important scripture because Jesus says, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I think that God is so good and he's so gracious and he's so kind that we can sometimes take that goodness and that graciousness and that kindness as a license to kind of do our own thing. But tell your neighbor, be careful about that because God, in, in spite of how much he loves us, he still expects us to obey him. He expects us to follow him. And there was a scripture. Um, let me show you this scripture real quick and then we'll get ready for Pastor Edwin to come. Come on and give, uh, yes, people are saying Bible study has been amazing. I encourage you to get all the word that you can get right now. And while I'm looking for this scripture, I want to remind you, um, I want to remind you that you can give in multiple ways. We have the giving on there. You can give um, through push pay. You can give through tithely. You can give through Givelify and you can text to give. Also want to remind our partners that we're doing Ignite for our teenagers on Thursday night. And then we have a video teaching up for our kids um, that is available in the group. And so I just want you to think about that, that God does care about how you live. And the reason I'm doing this is because when Pastor Edwin comes and he leads us in however the way the Holy Spirit has given him, we need to have already decided that we're not fighting against God and we're not fighting against the teaching of the Bible. That we're not fighting against, if you are a believer, we believe the word which means we don't fight against the word. Even Here's a good example. There'll be times in your life somebody does something to you and you don't feel like forgiving, but your feelings about forgiveness are irrelevant if you're in the kingdom because we have been commanded to forgive. So then when we make a decision to forgive, the grace of God comes on us to help us because we have chosen to obey God. The grace of God is designed to empower us to live in concordance with God's will and his word, not to do our own thing, not to do our own thing. The Bible says, do you not know that your life is not yours? You were bought with a price. How I many you were bought with a price? You are a born again believer. You know you could not save yourself. You know that you have been redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the Bible says you are bought with a price. You are bought with a price. Now, I just want to read this scripture out of the Passion Translation. It's Galatians 5. Um, 
It's, um, it's, it's Galatians 5. I'm going to start with verse 16 um, in the Passion Translation. It says, as you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. Ooh, that's good. It says, as you yield, not that God is going to make you yield, not that your pastor is going to make you yield, not that your parents are going to make you yield. It says that as you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living freely within you. Did you hear that? It says that we have, we all of us, all of us, no one is exempt. No human being is exempt. We have cravings in our flesh that actually offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living freely in us. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old life from dominating you. So it says, if you will yield your life to the Holy Spirit, then those cravings that you have in your flesh, those cravings will be subdued by the power of the Holy Spirit. It says, and the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible conflicting forces within you are self-life of the flesh and new creation life of the spirit. And that's why I love these teachings that Ralph and them are doing. I love these teachings that um that Pastor Elwin are doing because they're saying to us, we need to acknowledge that even though we are born again, we have something conflicting on the inside of us. Our self-life, are we going to go our own way? Are we going to do our own thing? Or are we going to be led by the Holy Spirit? Verse 18, it says, but when you are brought into the full freedom of the spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. The craving of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrum, angry quarrels, of only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addiction, wild party, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? So listen to what this teaching is designed to do. This teaching is designed to keep us in the realm of the kingdom of God. I don't know if you paid attention to the stuff that I read, but that's all the stuff that's in your flesh. He said, listen, these things are the things that fight in your flesh. And if you're on social media, you can see the senseless arguments the, um, of, of this valuation of your opinion over everybody else's. He says, do you not know that the people who live like this, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. So now we have Pastor Ellen coming today to say to us, be led by God. How do you position yourself to be led by God? So let's make a decision today, guys. Let's make a decision. Make a decision before he comes, as he's coming right now, that you are anointed to hear this word. Make a decision right now that you will not excuse and discount this word. Make a decision right now that you are willing to change. Make 
make a decision right now. I want to see you right that if you're willing, I'm willing to surrender my life to God. I'm willing to surrender my life to God. Pastor Edwin's going to come and we're going to get into this dynamic teaching that will change our lives. Amen. Okay, good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Pastor Sean, thank you so much for getting us started this morning. Uh, you guys give me just a second. Um, I, I want to really jump in where she uh, went this morning. Uh, I had not uh, planned to use that scripture, but I, I, think, it's, I think it sets us up uh, wonderfully for what it is that we're going to talk about today. As you know, we have spent the last two weeks talking about God's system of promotion. Uh, and I've been explaining and, and setting up and laying out for you what that system looks like. Um, and this morning, I want to just say that, you know, I am convinced that God's going to do his part. I am convinced that no matter what, God is going to do his part. So when it comes to understanding where I fit in, in this system of promotion, I spend my time looking at what I need to do. I am confident that God is going to do what he needs to do, that God's going to hold up his end, that he's not going to fail. And so I want to make sure that whatever is in me that will cause me to come up short, that will cause me to fail, that will cause me to forfeit what is rightfully mine, that will cause me to come up uh, short in the harvest department, that I am dealing with it so that I don't come up short and then get upset and try to blame God. Because here's what I know. God is faithful. And if you believe that, you ought to go ahead and put that in the comment section this morning. God is faithful. God is so faithful. In fact, the Bible, I was reading um, this, this week, just going through uh, some different scriptures and some of my devotionals. And one of the devotionals that I went back through was it involved Jeremiah 32 and Jeremiah 33. And I decided I wanted to start there this morning, but then Pastor Sean uh, read for you, and I'm looking at my phone because I took a screenshot of it when she was uh, talking about it. Galatians 5, 16 through 18 in the Passion Translation is really, really a good scripture if you're wanting to free yourself um, and, and become accountable to, to, to your own destiny, to what it is that you have control over. We tell people, we tell our kids all the time, don't worry about what you can't control. Focus on what you can control. And I might not be able to focus, I might not be able to control all of these outside circumstances. Like I can't control COVID-19, right? I can't control it. It's here. I mean, it, it's a fact. It's not a hoax. It's here. People are dying from it. People are getting sick from it. It's real. I can't control it. But what I can control is, is how I protect myself from it. I can choose to wear a mask. I can choose to social distance. I can choose to employ good hygiene, right? I, I, can't, I can't control murder hornets, right? I, I can't control uh, Sahara Desert sand coming into the air. I mean, I know everybody's talking about how crazy 2020 is, and I can't control any of that. But what I can control is I can control staying in the Word so that no matter what, I'm still believing what God says about 2020. I choose to believe what God says about 2020 rather than what everybody else is saying about 2020. And so in the scripture, Pastor Sean uh, mentioned this morning, Galatians 5, uh, 16 through 18, uh, it says this, and I'm just going to read it. She's already read it. But I'm just going to read this very first part. It says, as you yield freely 
and fully, as you yield freely and fully. Now, most of you out there who are watching this probably have a driver's license and you probably drive. So you know what it means to yield. To yield simply means you don't come to a full stop, but you do slow down. And, and, and depending on the situation, you might have to come to a full stop. So the Bible says that when you, it literally says it like this, when you are on a path, you need to make sure that when you hear the voice of God, that you yield. In other words, it don't matter how much you have decided that you're going to go a particular direction, your heart needs to be pliable so that when God begins to speak, you are able to yield, to slow down long enough to hear what he has to say so that you can see whether it's clear to continue on that same path or if you're going to need to make some change in direction. And so this morning, it actually goes in perfect alignment with what I want to talk about. I want to talk about positioning yourself to be led by God. Why is that important? Because in God's system of promotion, we spent two weeks talking about the importance of being in alignment uh, of, of thought in an agreement of heart. Alignment of thought in agreement of heart. We said that if we're going to receive the type of uh, spectacular things that God wants to do in our life, then we have to be in alignment and agreement. Well, how do we get in alignment and agreement? We have to yield fully to the Holy Spirit. We have to yield. God is a gentleman. He's not going to come in and snatch us up by the collar. He's not going to come in and make us obey him. Although sometimes it would probably be a lot easier for the whole world if he did. But it's not the system that he set up. He gave us what's called free. Uh, we, we created us to be free moral agents. In other words, he's given us a choice to obey him. And so when we choose to obey him, when we choose to come into alignment, when we choose to come into agreement, when we choose to allow harmony to work in our lives, in the, all of the things that he's called us to, then we put ourselves in position to be promoted. We put ourselves in position to profit. We put ourselves in position to have great success. But how do we do that? Because we put ourselves in a position to always be hearing God, to always be hearing God. I said years and years and years ago, I taught a, a message at our church, and in teaching that message, one of the things I said to them was that God is always speaking. And I want you to hear me. God is always speaking. It's just, and I, and I use the example that it's like the radio. The radio station's always playing music. You may not always hear that music because you're not tuned in to the right frequency. But the moment you tune into that right frequency, uh, you know, before there was satellite radio and all that, we had channels like 92.3 and 98.5, and you had to literally turn the dial, and you had to be tuned in. And, and sometimes if you was almost tuned in, you could hear it, but it would go in and out. See, some of us, we live our life like that. We don't get tuned in enough. We don't spend enough time with God to get really tuned in so we can hear him clearly. So sometimes we hear what's on the radio station. Sometimes we hear what's coming in from another station. And I'm trying to get you to understand this morning the importance of being tuned in to God so that whatever God says to you, you know that he's saying it because he wants to lead you and guide you into a greater life. And so I want to talk about how to be positioned to do that. Now, I said something about Jeremiah earlier, and I hadn't forgot. I, hadn't, I want to go back to that. Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite um, chapters in, in, uh, or books in the Old Testament. I just like the whole construct of the story. But in Jeremiah 32, verse 26, the Lord asked Jeremiah this question. It says in verse 26, Jeremiah 32 and 26, it says, 
Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord God of all flesh, of all flesh. He says, Is there anything too hard for me? And this morning, I want you to think about that. No matter what you may be going through, are you considering whether or not it's too hard for God? And if so, I want you to hear God asking you that question. Is there anything too hard for God? Is there a financial situation that you don't think God can get you out of? Do you think there's an illness that you don't think God can get you out of? Is there some kind of social uh, situation, a vocational situation that you don't think God can get you out of? And if it is, I want you to retrain your thinking this morning because there is nothing too hard for God. And then in Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 2 and verse 3 says this. It says, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. It says, he says, Call upon me, and I will answer thee, and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not of. I came by to tell you this morning, God is wanting to show us some things that we haven't even imagined yet. He wants to show us some things we haven't even thought about yet. And I know 2020 seems crazy. I know we're getting ready to head into July. The first six months have just been bonkers. But I want you to know that the same God who was there in 2019 is the same God who's been there the first six months. He has not forgotten about us. He has not forsaken us. And his word that it is still the, a season of harvest still lends true. He says, call upon me, though. And so what's happening, what I believe, and I see it happening even with partners in our ministry, is that people, they, 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 don't, they lack discipline. Now, hear me out. They lack real discipline. You know, when, whenever they can get up and have to go to church and they have to, you know, hear the word and make the confession and, and, and at least once a week, they can kind of do that. But here we are 15 weeks removed, 15 weeks removed from being able to gather together. And many people have started letting what they know work slips. And I'm telling you, you cannot let what you know work slips. You got to keep with your confessions. You got to keep with your fasting. You got to keep with your praying. You got to keep with your giving. You got to keep with your reading of the word. Why? Because all of that puts you in the position so that you can continually be led by God. It's the reason we've implemented these public things like Tuesday night prayer, like Wednesday night Bible study, like Sunday morning worship and then Sunday morning in the word. Why? Because we want you to stay connected because staying connected keeps you in a position to be able to continually navigate this crazy world that we're living in by hearing the voice of God. Now, I want to I want you to know that God is still in the blessing business. And I want you to know that God is still our covenant God. In Jeremiah, uh, still Jeremiah 33, one of my favorite scriptures is verse 19 and verse 20. It is a promise that God gives, and it is still true to this day. And here's what he says in verse 19. It says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah, saying, Thus said the Lord, If you can break my covenant of the day and my covenant of the night, and that there should not be day and there should not be night in their seasons. He says, then I will stop being God. Now, understand what he's saying here. He's saying to Jeremiah, I am so committed to doing my part that you can have a physical 
earthly representation that I am still willing to do my part. He says, if there is night and if there is day, and if you can track the seasons, and we can still track it. We know that June 20th marked the beginning of summer. We can look and we can, we can track the phases of the moon. We can track where certain stars are going to be. Why? Because God says, I'm telling you, I put all this stuff in place. I'm going to keep it in place. And as long as you can still track it, you need to know that I am still the God who wants to bless you. I am still the God who is in control. I am still the God who wants to put you in a place where blessings is all you know. And so in order for that to happen, we don't have to worry about God's part. I woke up this morning, even with the Sahara dirt, desert dirt in the air, I can still see the sun. I can still see it. I know that tonight I can I can look on the news. They'll tell you what time the sun is going to set almost to the minute. Why? Because God is such an orderly God. And he says, as long as these things are in place, he says, my covenant with you still stands. And so I'm telling you this morning that God is still in the blessing business. So let's find out real quick. How do we position ourselves to be led by God? Because I'm telling you, being led by God, after you get born again, learning how to be led by God is the most critical component of the Christian life. Somebody says, well, Pastor Edwin, I thought you said faith was. They're really one and the same. Because the Bible says we don't walk by our sight. We walk by faith. Well, what does that faith come from? We said it before. Faith begins. Y'all can finish this statement. Where does faith begin? Where the will of God is known. But everybody out there who said that with me, praise God. Because you've been listening over the last 15 weeks. We've probably said it at least once a week for the last 15 weeks. That faith begins where the will of God is known. And sometimes you're going to get the will of God because God's going to speak it to you. It, it may come through logos, reading his word, but sometimes God's going to give you that rhema. He's going to speak to you. He's going to tell you what he wants you to do. And you've got to yield when he speaks because you may be going in a direction, but then he might need you to go in a different direction. Why? Because he already sees the end of where it is you're trying to get to. And so this morning, I just want to remind you that we still serve an awesome God. I want to remind you that God is ready to do some unprecedented things in your life. I want to remind you that if you are willing to believe, the Bible says that all things are possible to you. Why? Because you believe, you trust in God. I'm telling you that God is wanting to do something not just for us, but God is wanting to do something in us as well. And he wants to do something through us because he wants us to be a blessing for others. I am telling you what God is wanting to do in your life is not just for you. God wants to do something in you and through you because he wants the world to be blessed by you yielding your life, you yielding your flesh to him so that he can direct our path. In fact, we read a couple of scriptures last week that I want to revisit. Second Chronicles 16 and 9. Second Chronicles 16 and 9. It says, for the eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro throughout the entire earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. Your heart becomes perfect toward God, not because you don't ever make a mistake. Your heart becomes perfect toward God because you are willing to always be led. Even when you make a mistake and God comes and says, hey, you blew it. Here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to fix it. When your heart stays palatable to God, when your heart stays open to his word, 
that is when it's considered perfect. Why? Because you 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 are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So those of you that are that are born again, your spirit man is perfect. And so when you allow the the Lord to speak to that spirit man so that he can help change that flesh, that is considered to be a perfect heart. So God's not looking for perfection in the sense that you never mess up. He is looking for perfection in the sense that you're willing to always be willing uh, to change and to learn and to become better as the Holy Spirit speaks to you. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 29 and 11, here it is, Jeremiah again, but you know this is one of our favorite scriptures, Jeremiah 29 and 11. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, declares the Lord. The Lord is saying, hey, I'm thinking some things about you. He's speaking to Jeremiah, but it's one of those things that we have grabbed on for ourselves, and it's true for us. The Lord already knows how he wants to bless you. In fact, you ought to go ahead and put that in the comment section. Say, the Lord already knows how he's going to bless me. It's not going to be a surprise to God. He already knows how he's going to bless you. That word blessed means to empower. God already knows how he's going to empower you. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, declares the Lord. They are plans and thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end, to give you an expected end, a future and a hope. God wants to give you an expected end. In other words, if it's to be expected, it means it's already known. God says, I already know how I want to bless you. I already know what I want to do for you. And everything I'm telling you to do is to get you to that expected end. He said, and that expected end is full of hope. It's a future and a hope. First uh, Corinthians chapter two, verse nine and 10 goes on to further demonstrate uh, to us that God wants to do some amazing things for us. It says, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man. The things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed, means he's already revealed them unto us. How does he do that? The Bible says through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. So understand this. Here's why it's important that you be positioned to hear from God. Because God's not going to speak to your flesh. God is going to speak to your spirit. When God wants to do something in you, when God wants to do something for you, and when God wants to do something through you, he's not going to speak to your flesh nature. He's going to speak to the spirit part of you. And if that spirit part of you is so immature, if that spirit part of you is so numb because you've starved it to death, because you haven't paid attention to it, you haven't fed it, you haven't nourished it, then you're going to be dull of hearing. It's what the Bible says, called dull of hearing. You're not going to hear God clearly. In other words, you're not going to be on the same frequency. You're going to have static when you're trying to hear from God. God doesn't want you to have static when you're trying to hear from him. He says, I am going to speak to your spirit. So if there are things in your life and you don't know um, what God wants to do for you, I encourage you to learn to yield your flesh so that you can begin to hear more with your spirit. So how do we find out what these uh, realities are? Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 through 10, which we just read out of the King James Version, in the voice translation, it says it like this. It says, but as the scripture says, no eye has ever seen and no ear has ever heard. And it has never occurred to the human heart. Listen, it's never occurred to the human heart. All the things God has prepared 
for those who love him. That means that whatever we have thought of that God wants to do for us, what he wants to do for us still exceeds that. Because our human heart can't even comprehend all that God wants to do for us. It says God has shown us these profound and startling realities. Listen, when you get in a position to be led by God, God begins to show you things that will even blow your mind. God begins to show you things that even uh, go beyond what you could have imagined he wanted to do. Listen, you're thinking about growing your business to six figures and God's thinking seven and eight figures. You're thinking about getting in, 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 in better shape. God's thinking about making you, giving you optimal health and renewing your youth like the eagle. I'm telling you, whatever it is that you think you want to do, God says, partner with me and watch us do more. Pastor Sean and I have been watching these uh, series. Like we know the other day, I asked several people what are they doing for entertainment. Pastor Sean and I have been watching this series on Netflix called, I think it's called The Legends of Tomorrow. And in the Legends of Tomorrow, there are two individuals, a young African-American uh, man and an older Caucasian man. And, 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 when, and they, they, when they come together, they form this character called Firestorm. And, and, and when Firestorm shows up, man, I'm telling you, it is far superior than a young black man or the older white man could ever be by themselves. I am telling you, and I know this is, a, I know we're talking about a comic book, but I'm telling you, when you partner with God, something greater becomes of what you could ever do by yourself. You know, we talk about being supernatural. When you partner with God, you're putting your natural with God's super so that you can do the supernatural in your natural state. I'm telling you, God is looking for someone who will position themselves to be led by him. The Bible says his eyes run to and fro throughout the entire earth looking for someone he can show himself strong to. And so this morning, we want to talk about what do we need to do in order to position ourselves to be uh, in a position to hear from God? Well, I've been talking to you for two weeks, so I don't need to repeat it. You know how important I think it is. Alignment and agreement. Those two words, alignment and agreement, they are, they are essential for you positioning yourself to be able to be led by God. Why? Because alignment talks of being an agreement of our mind, but, but, but agreement talks about being in agreement of our heart. The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. So if we can get your heart in agreement with God, then we can get your mouth to say the right things of God, and then your body and your thinking will have to line up and go in the direction of what your heart and mouth is saying. So God is very strategic. He knew exactly how to design mankind so that mankind could dominate and be successful. But it involves being in partnership with him. It's why we read last week, and I won't read all of it, John chapter 15, verse 1 through 7. Last week we read John chapter 15, verse 1 through 7 out of the voice translation. And I won't read it all, but here's a couple of the things it says in there. It says, I am the true vine. And my father is the keeper of the vineyard. So the first thing he lets us know is he says, hey, look, I, I, I am the true vine, but my father is, is the owner of the whole vineyard. OK, so in other words, Jesus is putting this thing in perspective. He says, I, I, you need to look to me. He says, but understand, I only do what the father tells me to do. I, I'm just I, I am not just a vine. I am the true vine. But the owner is God. He then goes on to say, he says, now abide in me and I will abide in you. 
He then says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Notice he keeps talking about this partnership, this connection about who I am and who you are and why we should be in partnership together. He then says, though, in verse seven, which is the part that I just love. He says, if you abide in me, he says, and my voice abide in you. Now, why is that important? Because remember, we're talking about being positioned so that we can be led by God. And so if I'm in a position to be led by God, how am I going to be led? Because I'm going to be hearing his voice. I may hear his voice because I'm reading his word, but I may hear his voice because he's speaking to my spirit. We call that either logos or rhema word. But either way, I've got to be in a position. Why do I need to hear God? It says, because if you abide in me and my voice abides in you, then anything you ask will come to pass. Now, you got to take God serious. And this is the thing I keep saying to people. You can't just decide that these are good scriptures. You got to decide that these are revelation for your life. So when I read that and it says to me that if I abide in Christ and if I put myself in a position to hear his voice, then anything I ask, I can receive it. And, and, and the reason I don't have to get concerned about what I'm asking for is because I'm in him. When I'm in him, I'm not asking for something crazy. When I'm in him, I'm not asking for another wife. When I'm in him, I'm not asking for somebody else's wife. When I'm in him, I'm not asking for a job that's not mine. Even if it looks good and he says, hey, Edwin, that's not your job, I walk away from it. Why? Because I'm in him. So as long as I'm in him, he doesn't mind what I'm asking for because he's revealing it to me while I'm in him. There are some things that you are desiring that you didn't even know you had a desire for until you get close to God. And then when you get close to God, he begins to, to, to reveal to you these desires so that you can ask him for it so that he can in return give them to you. I'm telling you, God is just a good God like that. So then learning to follow God involves many things. The first thing it does is it involves being born again. And I know a lot of times we don't spend a lot of time talking about that, but I think it's very important because I know we're on several different platforms this morning. And I know people are watching this from all over. And, and I don't know what, what your situation is, but if you have not asked Jesus to come into your life, I encourage you to do that today. It doesn't have to be a long process. It can just be, a, Jesus, I want you to be the head of my life. And when you make that decision, you open yourself up for the Holy Spirit to come and to take up residence in your heart so he can lead you and guide you into all truth and understanding. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the paraclete. In other words, he is the teacher. Uh, he, he is he's endowed with power uh, in order to get us to the right place in life. And so if you if you're not born again, I encourage you to ask Jesus to come into your heart. And if you're born again, I encourage you to act like Jesus is in your heart. I encourage you to act like it. What does that mean? That means don't just need Jesus whenever you are in a pickle, whenever you find yourself in trouble. Jesus is not a genie. He's not something you ought to be able to just rub on. And then when you need three wishes, he pops out and gives you three wishes. Your life is not your own. So when you talk about being born again, being born again means that I don't just... I don't, I don't just get delivered from hell. It means I get delivered into heaven. That means that I follow the rules and regulations and policies and practices of the kingdom of God. 
And when I began to do that, I put myself in a position to be led by God. When this happens, it begins to bring clarity and understanding to what God's plan is for our life. You ought to type this in the comment section. Say, the plan of God should not be a mystery for my life. I give you time to type it. The plan of God should not be a mystery for my life. I don't know why we think, you know, people say things like God works in mysterious ways. And, and yes, God works in wondrous ways, but they're only mysterious to those who are not communicating with him. Um, God is not a God who's trying to hide his ways from us. Um, what he did is he, he hid his ways for us so that when we begin to seek him out, he begins to reveal himself uh, to us. The Bible uh, says this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 8, in the message translation. It says, think of yourself the way Christ thought of himself. In other words, it's, it's this idea that we talked about two weeks ago about humbling ourselves. When you want to be in a position to hear the voice of God, you have to humble yourself. Especially, come on, let's be honest, those of us who have matriculated through universities, we've got degrees, we got jobs with some high-polluting titles, we, we, we SVPs and EVPs and directors, and, and, and we're making six figures, and maybe our partner's making six figures, and, you know, we, we out of debt, and we got, you know, platinum and black cards, and we got Benzes and BMWs, and we take vacations and fly, and fly first class. All that's great. All that's wonderful. But when the Lord tells you not to do something, no matter how smart or gifted you think you are, you have to be humble enough to put down what you thought was right and pick up what God has said. Why? Because when you do that, you position yourself or you keep yourself in a position of always being palatable to hear what God has to say. So the Bible says, look, this is not something that's new to us. Jesus himself had to do this. Jesus himself demonstrated to us what obedience looked like, even when you know the right thing to be doing. Let me just say it like this. Jesus, when he came, knew his assignment. He didn't have to find it out. And he didn't have to guess. He knew he, he took on the assignment of leaving being a God to being a human so he could die on a cross. It did not catch him by surprise. He knew what the father's business was. But the Bible says that even though there was a time where he left to go do his father's business, the Bible says his family had traveled to a, to a faraway country, uh, which was their yearly practice. And, and when they had left, Jesus got away from the caravan. And the Bible says that when his mother and father were a couple of days journey, they, they couldn't find him. They had to go back and look for him. Now, y'all know how it is when you are in Walmart and your three or four year old is playing in the clothes section and you can't find them. And they think it's funny and they hiding from you and they laughing. You as a parent, you know what kind of panic that sets in when you can't find your kid, even in a place where you just saw them five seconds ago. Now imagine the panic and the terror that must have been in, on Mary and Joseph when they couldn't find Jesus. The Bible says they went back and they found Jesus, and Jesus was teaching in the temple. Now, I, you know, I, I, I use my sanctified imagination, 
But I'm sure Mary must have been hot when she finally found Jesus. It was like, boy, what are you doing? And look at what Jesus' response was. It was, it was I'm going to be about my father's business. It's like, no, what you're going to do, Jesus, is you're going to get back in this caravan. And the Bible says he humbled himself. Now watch this. He was 12 years old. Most, most historians say he was 12 years old when this happened. That means Jesus went back. He humbled himself. He could have been like, I ain't going nowhere. I know what my assignment is. I'm going to do it and you can't stop me. But the Bible says he humbled himself. He humbled himself to Mary and Joseph. He went back with them and it was 18 years later before you start hearing about his ministry again. Can you humble yourself for 18 hours? Can you humble yourself for 18 days? Can you humble yourself for 18 months? When you want to do something and God says not now, can you humble yourself long enough so that you can see the fullness of what God wants to do? Can you position yourself? Can you deny yourself? Can you discipline yourself long enough that you can be obedient to what Holy Spirit is telling you to do? Again, the Bible says in Philippians 2, 5 through 8, it says, think of yourselves the way Christ thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but he didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. It says, no, not at all. When the time came, watch this, the time he set aside, he made a choice the privileges of deity, and he took on the status of a slave. He became human. It says, having become human, he remained human. It says, it was an incredible humbling process for him. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life, and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that he died on the cross. He was crucified. But well, hold on, because verse chapter 2, verse 9 through 11 goes on to tell us that there is a reward for being obedient. There's a reward for going through that humbling process. It says in verse 9, because of his obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever. I'm telling you, this is what obedience and humility will get you. When you get in a position, how do I get in a position? I get in alignment. That means I, I find out what God thinks and I start thinking like God. It means that I kill my flesh every day because the Bible says my flesh is enmity against God. It is contrary to the word of God. So I find out what God is saying. I find out what God has said. I read his word and I bring my flesh into agreement. How do I do that? That means if God says to me, hey, today I don't want you to curse anybody out no matter what happens. That means that when I think about cursing somebody out because they have said something stupid or petty or foul to me, then what I do is I discipline myself. And even though I can't curse them out and I can't say nothing good, I just close my mouth. Why? Because I'm disciplining myself. You know how humbling it is when you can get somebody tote. I ain't even talking about told. I'm talking about going beyond told. You can get them told. I mean, you can just rip them like they have never been ripped before. But Holy Spirit says, don't say a word. That is an incredibly humbling process 
to those of us who got a slick tongue. You will never know how humbling that process is if you don't have a slick tongue. But if you do, and if you grew up where if somebody said something to you, you said something worse to them because you was going to get them up off you. If you grew up like that and Holy Spirit starts to say, don't say nothing, don't say a word, just smile. Or they, or they say something on your Facebook page and, and, and you get ready to light them up and he says, nope, just scroll on. You say, well, I'm going to delete it. He says, nope, don't even delete it. Just leave it right there. It is an incredibly humbling process. And yours may not be that, but what is God asking you to do that you just keep on doing anyway because you feel like it? What do you keep on doing because you feel like it? Because whatever that is, that is the thing that is causing you not to be in position so that God can promote you. Don't allow your own self to stop your promotion. Don't, don't let your mouth write a check that stops you from being promoted. I know y'all thought I was going to say something else. I wouldn't. Don't let your mouth write a check that stops you from being promoted. Learn to be positioned by God. Learn to be in agreement and alignment with God. The Bible says that when Jesus obeyed, when he humbled himself, all the times he humbled himself, all the time he obeyed, it says God lifted him high and honored him far above anyone or anything ever, so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow in worship before this Jesus Christ and call out in praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. Understand, everybody is included in God's master plan. Go ahead and type that in your comment section. Say, I am included in God's master plan. God, there's not a human being God hasn't thought of. But knowing what the plan of God is for your life is what gives you motivation and it what gives you meaning. God wants you to know what the destiny is for your life. God has a plan for each of us. And more than ever, especially in these uncertain times, you and I need to know what those plans are. God does not mind you asking him what you need to do. You are not bothering God. I think sometimes we act like 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 you know like like we do when when, when we have to ask somebody for something. We almost always do things like, hey, you know, I don't want to bother you, but would you mind? Listen, you are a child of the most high God. He sent his only begotten son to die for you. Nothing you can ask him is ever going to bother him. He is able to hear you in specific detail and still hear everybody else at the same time. He is a majestic and a marvelous God. You ought to take everything to God in prayer. That's how you communicate. You talk to God. You ask him questions. You say, God, here's what I'm thinking. What should I do? And, and, and if he don't tell you something right then, then you just be quiet and you wait and you let him reveal it to you. And he may reveal it through a sign, but he may just tell you. He may just give you peace about a decision. The Bible says sometimes we have to let peace be our guide. So you got to learn to want to hear from God. And I'm, 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 I'm amazed at the number of people who, who, who don't want to wait to hear from God. And I'm not blaming anybody 
But people were saying to us, you know, is you guys need to go ahead and, and, and start back having church. Uh, you're faith people, and if you just keep having church online, it's going to discourage people, and people aren't going to think that, that you believe what you teach. Here's what I kept saying to everybody else. I can only do what Holy Spirit tells me to do. And Holy Spirit told me, now is not the time to go back in that building. Now we look and see that other people have went back into their buildings, and now we got all of these churches with all of these hot spots with COVID-19. Now, I don't know any of those people who did that trying to demonstrate they had faith, but I do know that a lot of pastors felt pressure to get back in their buildings. I'm telling you, you cannot let anything pressure you more than the Holy Spirit pressures you. And what do I mean by that? That means you can't let anything be more compelling than what Holy Spirit is compelling you to do. So, yes, this is week 15. Yes, I miss everybody. Yes, I'm starting to think how long is this going to last? Yes, I'm thinking is this sustainable? But here's what I know. God only tells us things to keep us safe. This week when the governor came out and they started talking about cross church and they started talking about a couple of churches in Rogers and they started talking about a couple of other spaces that, that had hot spots. I can't tell the number of people who came back and said, Pastor, maybe you was right. Not maybe. Listen, I'm not saying that no one from FOC will be infected with COVID. What I'm telling you is they won't be infected with COVID because we're meeting. They won't be infected because we're gathering together trying to prove something. We don't have anything to prove. God is the God. He is El Elyon, the most high God. And whatever he says to us, it is what goes. Why? Because we're in a position to be led by God. Listen, we cannot afford to be in this world confused and without a purpose. We got to be able to hear from God. You got to be sensitive to hear from God. I laugh, I joke, I'm petty, I say, I say silly things, I put funny things on Facebook. But hear me when I tell you this. When God speaks to me, no matter what I am doing, I am going to do what God says. My wife will tell you, there have been times we got ready to go into meeting for what I was going to do. I was going to let them have it. I was going to rip them one way and up and down the other because what they did was just insane. And I would have been right in my flesh to do it. But the moment I get in there and open my mouth and the Holy Spirit says, don't say it, I can't say it. Why? I've given my life to be led by God. And so if I've given my life to be led by God, I can't even let my anger Tell me to do something that God says not to do. It's why the Bible says, in your anger, don't sin. I'm encouraging you this morning. I ain't really preaching to you. I'm encouraging you. Be led by God. Don't allow what's going on in 2020 to disconnect you from doing all the things that allowed you to be in a position to be led by God. What do I mean? I mean, I'm being honest. Some of you, if you and you know it's the truth, you ain't been in your Bible in about 12 weeks. Not for you. You ain't sat down and studied your Bible. Some of you who used to do your confessions, you ain't read your confessions. Some of you who was watching uh, the teaching the, the first four or five weeks, now you're starting to skip weeks. Why? Because I'm telling you, whatever you don't pay attention to, it starts to drift in your life. Don't allow the pandemic to cause you to give up what's so important for you to be led by God because when the pandemic over, then what you gonna do? 
When the pandemic is over and you and now you're not hearing God, what are you going to do? Listen, you need to be hearing from God more than ever during the pandemic, not less. You need to be hearing from God more. So I'm encouraging you to tune in, to stick in, to do what you know you need to do in order to be hearing from God. Spending time with God is what positions us to hear from him. And it puts us on a path to take life in God seriously. I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. They're going to put that on the screen for you. Isaiah 30 to 21. This scripture, uh, it, it was a scripture that I was taught as a, as a young minister, and, and I still live by it. It says, and thine, and thine ears shall hear the word behind thee saying. That means that when I'm on the path, there's going to be a word behind me saying. And what is the word going to be saying? This is the way. Walk ye in it when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. In other words, the Bible says it like this, that if you get connected, the Bible is telling us that if you, if you stay connected with God, that when you're on the path, you're going to always be hearing God saying what you need to do. Um, you give me just a moment. Has ended, so let me help them out real quick. You guys just hold on. I think I know how to do this on here. Uh, we'll see. If I can get that right, and we'll get right back started with them. There we go. All right, that means it's been about 45 minutes for me, so we're going to finish up here. All right, welcome back, Instagram, Facebook. Here we go. Um, I think. Yeah, I think it is. All right, so here we go. So I was saying Isaiah chapter 30, uh, verse 21, is basically just telling us that God is going to be behind us, teaching us and leading us in the right way that we should go. Being led by God requires humility, though. We've talked about that before, and I'll say it again. Matthew 20 and 28, it says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for it. To give his life as a ransom for it. So if Jesus can serve, then guess what? You can serve. If Jesus can humble himself, guess what? You can humble yourself. Why? Because he came from heaven as God and humbled himself to do what the Father asked. So surely you and I can humble ourselves enough to do what the Father is asking us to do. The Bible says in James chapter 4, uh, verse 6 in the Amplified, it says, God gives us more and more grace. Well, I've said this for the last two weeks, and I'm going to say it again. He gives us more and more grace to do what? to humble ourselves, to crucify our flesh, and live out our God identity. It says it like this in the Amplified. It says he gives us power of the Holy Spirit to meet the evil tendency in all others fully. What's the evil tendency? Whatever's in our flesh. Pastor Sean read that earlier in Galatians. It talked about our flesh. It talks about being driven away by the lust of our own flesh. It says we have to, we have to fully yield to it. Why? We have to yield to Holy Spirit so that he can give us the grace to fight the evil tendency in us. It says that is why he says God sets himself against the proud and against the haughty, but he gives grace continually to the lowly, those who are humble enough to receive it. Go ahead and put this in the comment section. Say, I am humble enough to receive God's instruction. I am humble enough to receive God's instruction. If you are not humble enough to receive God's instruction, you will always find yourself thinking you got a great plan and a, and, a, and a great vision and a great mission only to come up short. Why? Because only the best things 
work out with God. Only the best things work out with God. So there are certain life adjustments that must be made in order for us to hear spiritual direction from God. There are some life adjustments. You cannot live any kind of way. And I know that people don't like talking about this part of it. And I know that uh, it comes out of me because I, I grew up Kojic. Uh, but I'm telling you, uh, in, in all the things the Kojic Church may have gotten wrong, one of the things they got right, very right, is that you got to live like something. You cannot just live any old kind of way and expect to be able to hear from God. You have to have a humility that says, I am willing to hear and do things God's way. If you don't, you dull your hearing. You hear me? You dull your hearing. And if I start talking about living right, and you start to sound, all right, maybe I haven't heard enough of this, I'm telling you it's because your flesh doesn't want you to free yourself. So you ought to tune in even closer to this next section because we're going to talk about living like something. Go ahead and put that in the comment section. Say, it's important that you live like something. It is. How you live matters. It does matter how you live. Does it, does it matter how you live once you're born again, whether you're going to go to heaven? We're not talking about going to heaven. We're talking about accessing heaven on earth. Okay, if all you're doing is looking for an escape plan, then fine. You get saved if you if, and, and live like you want. But what I'm telling you won't even let you live like you want. Real, I'm just being honest with you. When you get saved, you don't even have a, a desire to just live like you want. Now, you might have to fight through some things because of that flesh nature, but you don't have any, any desire to just do what you want to do salvation says I have a desire to do what God wants me to do. And so when you get to that point in your life, then, then you begin to live differently because you know God wants you to do something differently and your desire is to please him. The, the Bible says in Proverbs 20 and 27, Proverbs 20 and 27, it says the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. Now watch this. The spirit, you know, man is tripartite being, man is a spirit, man is housed in a body, uh, and, and, my, and man, and we possess a soul, which is our mind, our will, our emotions, our imagination, and our intellect. It says the spirit of a man, that, that, that part of the tripartite being, is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Now, you and I know that candles provide guidance in the dark. God lights our spirit. And he guides us through the spirit via his word. So literally, when we are in darkness, when you are born again, that's why I said earlier, it starts with you being born again. When, when you are saved, when you're born again, then God begins to speak to your spirit through his word. That word begins to light or illuminate everything you want to do in your life. It begins to illuminate your path. It shows you which path you should go down, which path you shouldn't go down. That's why we always say we love the word. Why? Because the word illuminates our real life to us. We are spirit beings possessing souls and living in a physical body. And after being born again, I am of the belief that the most important thing that we can do as believers is learn how to renew our minds. 
Why is renewing our mind so important? Because it's like a computer. If you don't reprogram a computer, all the computer can do is run the code that was in it before. And the truth of the matter is, some of our code is faulty. We got faulty code when it comes to living in the kingdom. That code may have worked great for you when you were living in the world, but now we're kingdom people. When we're born again, we come into God's kingdom, his, his system and his way of living and doing things. So what happens is we've got to be reprogrammed or we got to rewrite the code. The Bible says, here's how you do this. One of our favorite scriptures, you already know what it is, Romans 12 and 2. Romans 12 and 2. Here's what it says. It says, but be ye what? Transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind. He says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. It says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I like to explain it like this. Man is a tripartite being. Your body is going to do whatever the soul or the spirit tells it to do. Whichever one is, is the most dominant and the strongest in any given situation, that's what your body's going to do. So, so, so let's set body to the side for a moment. Your spirit man, when God, when you, when you give, when you invite Jesus into your life, when you get saved again, your spirit man becomes perfect. The Bible describes it like this. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So once you have accepted Jesus, there's nothing you need to do to your spirit man to make him perfect. Now you can, you can mature him by, by learning more of what, uh, of, by learning more to hear of the spirit, okay, or through the spirit. So now we just got our soul. Let's talk about our soul. That's where our mind, our will, our emotions, our imagination, and our intellect. That is the soul of a man is who we identify with most often. When you meet someone, it's their soul that, that is interacting with you more so than their spirit, unless you're tuning in spiritually with him. So the Bible says you have to have that thing renewed. So how do I get it renewed? The same way you would renew a computer. You got to put new information in it. You, so that means you got to learn the word of God. You've got to listen. to. I'm just being practical. You got to listen to good teaching, good teaching. And I, when I say good teaching, I don't mean something that just tickles your ear. You got to listen to solid biblical teaching. You need to spend time in prayer. You need to spend time uh, uh, fasting. The Bible doesn't say if you fast. It says when you fast. Um, you need to spend time making daily confessions. You need to get used to saying what God said so that when trauma and, 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 and different things happen and come into your life, you are agreeing with God and not with the situation around you. You need to be doing all of those things because what it does, it starts to reprogram your mind. It starts to reprogram your mind. It was so funny yesterday, me and the girl, we were in the room. Uh, Pastor Sean was over in our office with the door open and the girls, were, uh, the young girls were in my room and we were talking about all the things that's going on in 2020 and they were talking about, you know, COVID and they were talking about having to uh, be online school this year and they were talking about murder hornets and they were talking about uh, all the bees that, are, that, are, that we're losing that help to pollinate things and they were talking about uh, the Sahara dirt and how the air quality was so bad yesterday even the news was talking about wear a mask because the air quality is so bad 
And we were talking about all that stuff. And, and, and then one of them said, man, 2020. And before they, before they could finish it, I stopped them. I started talking about all the great things that 2020 was, what God had said, what we were going to receive. That it was our greatest year yet. It was a season of harvest that he was going to do unprecedented things. When I got through, both of them looked at me and they said, amen. Why? Because they understood. That's right. I almost let my mouth say something to bring to pass something that I didn't want. I know those things are happening, but that's not what we dwell on. We renew our minds so that even when bad things are happening, we're saying the right things. Amen. The next thing is that we rely on God's guide. Relying on God's guidance allows us to learn from our mistakes and bounce back. There are going to be times in our lives we're going to miss God. I've said that to people before. You are not going to walk with God and get it right every single time. But if your heart is perfect toward God, that means when you mess up and God speaks to you about it, that you are pliable to say to him, hey, I, I, God, I missed it. Teach me. I'll humble myself. Give me another opportunity. I'll do it better the next time. That's the kind of heart that God is looking for. He's looking for a heart that is willing to learn from his mistakes. The Bible says in Psalms 119 and 130, it says, The entrance of thy word giveth light, and it giveth understanding to the simple. See, sometimes we just need to be simple when we come before the Lord. We need to say, Lord, even though I think I know, even though I think I know exactly what you want me to do, I want to hear from you. I want you to confirm what it is that I'm about to do. I want to know that I'm doing what you, my heart is to do what you want me to do. And when you begin to make that a regular practice, you begin to make fewer and fewer and fewer mistakes. When I learn to ask the Lord about how to interact with my kids, how to interact on my job, how to interact with my wife, how to interact with the partners of my church, I made fewer and fewer mistakes. Why? Because when you let God lead you, you put yourself in a position to do it right more often than not. Amen? And the Bible then says in Psalms 37, 23 and 25, it says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Notice that. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he, that man, delighted in his way. It says, and though he may fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Why? For the Lord is going to hold him up. See, when you, when God puts you on the path and, and you're following that path, even when you make a mistake, you may not even realize it's a mistake because God has a way of fixing the mistake before you ever even realize it. I don't know about you, but that's good. I made some mistakes in my life before, but God is able to take our missteps and turn them into fortunes for us. Why? Because when we are, because the steps of a righteous man or a good man is ordered by the Lord. So when I'm trying to do it God's way, even when I make a mistake, He's got a way of turning that thing around for me. The Bible says, "I have," in the same scripture it says, "I have been young, and now I am old. Yet I have never." ever seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread what does that mean i want to end i'm going to end right there for today we'll come back uh, another time maybe not next week Pastor may be teaching next week i'm not sure but here's what i want to say to you i've been old and i've been young but i've never seen the righteous forsaken and i never see his seed begging for bread what does that mean it says anytime you are following god it doesn't matter what it looks like it doesn't matter what's going on god is never going to let you come up short and if you, if you take nothing away from what I say today, hear me when I say this. God's not going to let you come up short. Pastor Sean and I found ourselves in some touch situations 
uh, over the years. And one of the things we've learned to say is this, it's all going to work out. Why? Because we trust God. And when you trust God, it will all work out in your behalf. Amen. Come on, if that blessed you, go ahead and give some hearts this morning. Just give God some praise. Not and The hearts aren't for me. It's just to let us know uh, that we're all in agreement that God is great and God is wonderful. So give him some praise this morning. We just want to honor him. We want to thank him. Listen, I know this is week 15. It's been a long time. I get it. But hang in there. Hang in there with us. Hang in there with the word. You know, some of you, you're getting stressed out by your kids. You're getting stressed out by your spouse. It's because you're not in the word. You're not spending time doing the things you were doing before when they wasn't getting on your nerve. Listen, you have to choose what gets on your nerve or not. You have to choose what bothers you. You have to choose whether you're going to allow depression to take you over. You're going to have to choose if you're going to let anxiety take you over. The fact of the matter is we don't know how bad this is going to get, especially with everybody not doing the things they're supposed to do where COVID is concerned. But here's what I tell you. The same God of December 2019 is the same God of June 2020. He's the same God. And if you will rely on him, he will, he will help you. He will calm you. He will steady you. And he will put your feet on a solid rock. What's the rock? His word. His word. But you got to make the commitment. You know, I was talking to a couple of people, a couple of them in our church, and they were just saying they're just so tired. They're just so tired. They're just so tired. Listen, the Bible says he will renew your youth like the eagle. You're tired, church, because you're not in the word. You're tired, church, because you're not spending time in prayer. You're tired, church, because you're not making your confessions. You're tired because you're not doing the things you know you're supposed to do. And as your pastor, I have to tell you, I love you. But I, but I can't just let you just think that, that you're just tired because you're tired. You're tired because you're not doing the stuff to make you strong. And, 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 and that's not fussing. Too bad, <laughs> but, but it is fussy because when I talk to the people in our church who I know are seasoned saints and I'm saying, you know, have, have you have you have you gone back and listened to the word that Pastor Raph has taught? Have you listened to the word that I've taught? Have you listened to what Pastor Sean taught? And they say, well, no, I've just been too tired. You ain't been too tired to listen. You, I mean, we ain't asking you to preach the word. We're, we're doing that for you. We're spending time to, to give you the word. You're not too tired to listen. Go for a walk. Go for a 30-minute walk and put your headphones in and listen to the word. Listen, your spirit man takes in so much more than what you think he does. But you got to put forth the effort. And if you don't, hear me when I tell you this. God still loves you, but you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. You're going to struggle because the enemy's job is to separate you from the word. And the Bible says he is cunning and he does it subtly. He doesn't just come in and tell you don't listen to the word. He says, take a break today. You deserve it. You need some self-care. What better self-care is there than to get the word of God for your life? I'm telling you that you can be balanced. You can watch your Netflix shows and you can walk and you can spend time with your spouse and you can have some get some fresh air and still be in the word. Don't let it slip. You know, it's not we're not asking you to pray on Tuesday night. We're asking you to come hear the prayer. So, so the, the, if anybody going to be tired, it ought to be me. It ought to be Pastor Sean. It ought to be Pastor Ralph. It ought to be the prayer team. They're the ones doing it. 
But we're not tired. You know why? Because we're doing it. And if you will do it with us, you won't find yourself being tired either. Amen? Amen. All right, that's my lesson for today. Listen, let me announce one thing, and then Pastor Sean's going to come back. We need your help, FOC. Why do we need your help? And whoever's watching this, I want you to know we need your help. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we were approached uh, by an organization that was looking to do some matching grants in the field of healthcare, uh, education, and, and with a faith-based community. We met two of those criteria, uh, faith-based and education. And, and we decided to go after the opportunity to get a matching grant. Uh, we were selected as one of the candidates for education. And so we, we sent them all of our information, told them what we did for kids, told them what our plan and our vision was, explained to them how we even got on this path to giving scholarships. Long story short, we were one of the three groups that got accepted for this matching grant. So you say, Pastor Edwin, why do you need our help? Because we're going to have 30 days. They're going to give us 30 days. And in 30 days, starting on July 1st, until July 31st, so it'll be 30 days. If we raise $10,000, they will match that dollar for dollar. Now, let me explain. If we raise 30000 that don't mean they'll match it dollar for dollar. Up to $10,000. That means if we all get together and we crowdsource, I'm not just asking FOC to raise $10,000. I'm asking you to use your influence to help us share across social media. I'm going to put something together. It's going to be very easy and very simple that you can put on your page, that you can share, that you can ask your friends. I was talking to Pastor Sean. I have over 4,000 friends on my Facebook. She has over five, She has about 5,000. Everybody on here probably has a couple of thousand. If we just share it enough and ask everybody to just give $5, I believe we can raise $10,000 in a night. But if we raise $10,000, they're going to match it with another $10,000. That means we get to give out two full scholarships. But we're not we're not limited to just $10,000. Well, who knows? This could be really great for us and great for our students. We may could raise $30,000. And if we do, then they would give us $10,000. That would be $40,000. That would be four additional $10,000 scholarships we could use to help send kids to college. We are a big believer that education helps to level the playing field for so many people. And, and you, those of you who have student loan debt, this is an opportunity for you to sow into somebody else's life so they won't have student loan debt. The Bible says what you make happen for somebody else, God can make happen for you. So you're going to see me in the next couple of days. I'm going, to, I'm going to start with our FOC page in our private group. I'm going to put it on my Facebook. I know Pastor Shona put it on hers. I'll put it in the unoffendable group I'll have. I'm going to put it in our FOC DMV group. We've got several different groups. I'm going to put the information in. I'm asking you to do two things. I'm asking you to give to it, whatever the Lord puts on your heart. But even, or but as important, or maybe even more important, I'm going to ask you to share it on your social media and understand sharing it one time is good, but the way the algorithm works, 
If you got four or 5,000 people, maybe only 100 people are going to see it the first time you share. So I'm going to ask you to keep sharing it once or twice a day, over and over and over and over. Why? Because I really, really at least want to get this $10,000 they're going to give us. There's no reason we shouldn't be able to raise $10,000 to get $10,000. But whatever we raise, they're going to match it up to $10,000, and it's going to be a blessing. But I just believe FOC, collectively, we can come together and we can do this. So you're going to start seeing some information about that in the next couple of days. And I just wanted to put it out here. Pastor told me to share it on Sunday, so I want to put it out there so you'll know. Uh, and, and it's only going to be one way to give. We have to know for us to, to qualify for it. Everything has to go through GoFundMe, so you can't cash at me or, or Venmo me or anything else like that. Um, and and you, you'll have to go onto the link onto GoFundMe and do it. That allows them to track. It allows them to see what we're doing. It's, 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 it, it lets us be legitimate. They know what we're saying to people to raise the money. And you know what? We're people of integrity, and, and we're okay by that. We believe that those people who want to give will do what's necessary to give that way. And we want to thank you and bless you. So Sean's getting ready to come back. Just a reminder, she's giving you all the announcements. She'll do it again. But as a reminder, you can give today. And partners, we, we remember that's another thing. Don't let your giving slip. Do the things you know to do. Be mature. Adults do the things that they know they're supposed to do even when nobody's watching. That means I'm giving, I'm praying, I'm fasting, I read my word, I'm living right even when nobody is telling me I need to be doing those things. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Look for the information coming out in the next couple of days. I'm telling you we're going to do this. And praise God, who knows, we do it this time. Maybe the next time they have a bigger matching grant, maybe they'll want to do something even bigger than $10,000. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Y'all blessed by the teaching today? Wow, listen, what a great opportunity that our church has been given to be able to increase the scholarships. And so we want to remind you that on July 1st, we'll be rolling it out. And we want to encourage you to give and then invite everybody you know to give to. It's such a wonderful thing, the number of kids we've been able to blessed with a scholarship. And those of you who are partners, partners of FOC, you know how that story started. It literally started with just saying yes to God. Listen, want to remind you of the announcements. Come to prayer on Tuesday. Can I want to see all of my FOC partners and virtual partners. To I want you to put in the comments that you will be at prayer. Tell me that you're going to be at prayer. We want to see you so we know who to look for. And then, you know, we want to go to Wednesday night Bible study. And I love what Pastor Evan was teaching. The truth of it is nobody likes pruning and correction. And nobody likes that. It doesn't feel good. You know, even when we talked about the feedback series in Marriage Essentials, nobody really likes getting feedback. But the truth of it is, is that you're never going to be able to be everything God called you to be if you can't be corrected. And Hebrew says it like this. It says, if you say you're a son, but you can't be corrected, you're actually a bastard. So if the word of God cannot correct you, if you hear the word of God and it doesn't prick something in you, if you hear the word of God and it doesn't stare something in you to want to align with the word, I want to challenge you to really ask the Lord if you've ever accepted Jesus as your personal savior. Because the truth of it is, is that we should not be comfortable living any kind of way. I'm not saying we don't have struggles. I'm saying we should never surrender to our struggles and be comfortable living any kind of way. And one of the things that will help help us is to stay in the word and to stay connected. 
to stay in the word and to stay connected. Your environment is always working on you. Let me see you say that. My environment is always working on me. So if I'm not able to gather in church and I'm, and I'm spending all of my time listening to things that do not align me with the word of God, I'm going to be away from the word of God. And I believe that we're just in a season right now where God is drawing us into this place of repentance. He's drawing us into this place. Repentance means to change. That he is saying to us, throw down what you believe when I don't believe it. Throw down what you're doing when it's not what I'm telling you to do. Stop trying to build your own kingdom. Stop trying to go your own way because what I have for you is good for you. He's such a good, good God, and what he has for you is good for you. We want to remind you to give partners. Listen, at FOC, we believe in the tithe, and our expectation is that 100% of our partners tithe. We believe in the tithe. And listen, I just want to say this to you. If you go to a church, if you submit to a church and you can receive from that church, you can receive from that man and woman of God when they're telling you you're blessed, when they're telling you that it's time to get a new job, when they're telling you the good things, you have to be able to take instruction about the things you wouldn't necessarily want to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to be willing to say, my pastor's asked me to be on prayer Tuesday night. I'm going to make myself be available for prayer on Tuesday night unless I'm at work. I'm not going to be watching TV when my pastors have asked me to be in prayer. My pastors have asked me to attend midweek Bible study, and they're doing all of these things for me so that I can fulfill the will of God for my life. So I know that people don't like to hear stuff like that. People get all in their feelings. They feel like, can't nobody tell them what to do. But that's the world's way of thinking. In the kingdom, someone can tell you what to do. The Holy Spirit can tell you what to do. And the people you are submitted to can tell you what to do. I want to just encourage you to be honorable. Even those of you who don't go to FOC, you need to be honorable to your pastor. Those things are a big deal to God. I know a lot of people think that it's not. But just because you think something doesn't make it Bible. So we want to challenge you to give. Put our giving up in both of, you know, Instagram and on Facebook. You can text to give. Let me give you the number to text to give if you want to give. And if you decided today that you wanted to give your life to the Lord, send me a message. If you're like, you want somebody to pray the prayer of salvation with you, you can send me a message. To me, you should not wonder whether you are saved. You need to know that you are saved. And again, I am telling you, if you don't feel conviction when you go against the word of God, you need to check the condition of your soul and your salvation. All right, give to text. The number is 833-969-0897. You just text the word give to 833-969-0897. I love, um, Autumn just came in on Instagram and confirmed what I was repeating what I said, just because you think something doesn't make it Bible. And so many of us, we've taken our thinking so far away from the word of God because we are bombarded by everything but the word of God. If you want to live by the word, you're going to have to set your intention to give the word priority in your life. Listen, we want to see you win. It's your year of great harvest. We believe it's the will of God for you to prosper in every area of life. But you know what we believe at, at Fellowship of Champions? You got to participate in your own rescue. How do you participate in your free Freedom, obeying God, staying in the word, doing the right thing, 
closing the door to sin. That is how you do it. Y'all have an amazing week. We love y'all. God bless you. We'll see you Tuesday night for prayer. We'll see you Wednesday night for Bible study. And we'll see you back here on Sunday morning. Don't forget to give. God bless you.